for tonight in Joshua. Joshua chapter 14. We're going to continue the Abundant Life series tonight. You know you cannot have abundant life without hope. You have got to hold on to hope. Because if you ever lose hope, there's no way you can live the abundant life. And let me explain something to you about hope. That does not mean just being optimistic. It doesn't mean just going through life, you know, with a positive mental attitude. That is not hope, biblical hope. That's part of it, but it's not biblical hope. Hope is faith in the future. When I hope for something, that means it's in the future sometime. And I don't have it right now. So, you know, faith operates in the present. <clears throat> I have it right now, okay? My faith tells me it's my now. But hope says I don't have it right now, but God said it belonged to me. And if God said it belonged to me, if I don't have it right now, my hope says it will come to pass because God cannot fail. And what he promises to me, it will come to pass. And so that's the difference between having faith and hope. Hope has to do with future. But it's not just optimism. It's a, a trusting in the character of God. Who he is. And believing that what he says is going to come to pass. It doesn't matter how many years down the road. It's going to happen. you got to have hope to have the abundant life. Do you believe that tonight? Now before I read the scripture though, I also want to tell you that your flesh sometimes surges. Your flesh... Amen. It comes in. It tries to doubt. Try to get you to doubt the presence of the Lord. That there even is a God. Right? You ever had that kind of feeling before? Doubt that there is even a God. Doubt that He even cares about you, and doubt that anything is going to happen in your life. That's the flesh, and sometimes it's demonic. But you have to have hope to walk the Christian life. And we're going to see a man tonight that did. His name was Caleb. Joshua chapter 14 in the word of the Lord in verse 6. Look at your neighbor and tell them this. Get rid of your loser mentality. Everybody in here, including me, fights a loser mentality. There is nobody that at some point in your life you don't fight a loser mentality. I'm just a loser. And I'm not going to succeed. Get rid of that loser mentality. Because if you got a loser mentality, you're not going to do nothing in the kingdom of God. Because you don't have any hope. You got to get rid of that loser mentality. You got to get rid of the victim mentality. God's going to talk to us tonight. A lot of people today walk around with a victim mentality. If they had not only, you know, if they had done it different, if people had treated me differently, if, if things would have been differently, then I would be different. Uh-uh. You don't, you don't go there. Hallelujah. You don't get into that stuff. We want Caleb's. We need Caleb's. We need warriors. Joshua 14, verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua. Ooh, hallelujah. I know what's going on, man. It's all right, though. Then the children of Judah came. You just got to ignore me. You know, I just get these spiritual flashes. And God says, well, this is what's going on with this one. And 
Yeah, okay. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. Say Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneth, the Kenizzite. He's a Kenizzite. Now, how in the world he ever got in the tribe of Judah is beyond me. Because he, uh, Kenizzite was an Edomite name. So this man is a Gentile. Maybe he has some mixture in him. I'm not sure. But that's very strange, isn't it? Something you might know. He's a, he's a Kenizzite. So he's got Edomite blood in him. Which is good news for me. Which means a Gentile can experience very powerful things in God. But anyway, he's linked with the tribe of Judah. He's representing the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says, here Joshua's in Gilgal. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh and the, the Kenizzites said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. What was that word? Let us go up at once and possess the land. For we are well able to possess the land. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. I wholly followed, not partly, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden, say trodden, shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day 85 years old. Four score and five years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Amen. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh uh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite in unto this day. Because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Let's pray. Lord we thank you right now for your awesome word tonight. God that you would encourage every heart that is in this place. Hallelujah, I give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And I thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us in your word tonight. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Caleb, as you know, Caleb means a dog. His name means a dog. 
it's kind of hard to figure out why they called him dog. Other than the Bible, you know, lets us know that Gentiles were called dogs. It is believed, though, that he had the characteristics of a canine. Which means that at times he was sort of biting in his personality. He maybe uh, saliva fell out of his mouth. I don't know. But when he was born, they called him dog. You know, and a lot of y'all, y'all have friends that call you dog. Hey, dog. What's up, dog? You know. So anyway, you're not the only one that's called dog. Caleb's called dog. <clears throat> but he was born a slave in Egypt. You know that, right? He was born a slave in Egypt. Grew up in Egypt as a slave. Treated like dirt. Treated like a dog. But he knew that God had given a promise to Abraham. That Israel would be captive in Egypt. X amount of years. We've studied it before. Actually it was 215 years. The Bible says 430. But you've got to take in the calculations there. But anyway. For at least 215 years. We've looked at that before. They were in bondage. In slaves. I'm talking about God's people. But God promised Abraham that they were going to come out. Of that bondage and that slavery out of Egypt. And based on that promise and that hope, the people looked for the day when it would take place. Can you imagine being in, that, in those people in those generations as they passed by and they never saw it? Maybe some of them started doubting whether or not God was real, that he was alive. Whether or not the word that he gave to Abraham was ever going to come to pass. Their flesh, I'm sure, started getting a hold of them. So that they weren't just slaves physically. They became slaves mentally. And so this man who's a slave, treated like dirt, etc., etc., one day it's time for them to get out of Egypt. And they start making their way out of Egypt on the way to the land of promise. Amen? This man here has got a lot of hope in him. He's got a lot of faith in him for the future. He believes what God said concerning the land that God was going to lead them to. And when they got to Kadesh Barnea and they sent the 12 spies out, he was one of the spies that went out. And 10 of them came back with an evil report. They did not believe God's word and his promises. But Joshua and Caleb believed the word of the Lord. And they said, let us go up at once and possess the land. But the other 10 spies caused the whole church... To start murmuring and complaining and getting full of doubt. And as a result of that, they did not go into the promised land and possess the land. And so God sent them wandering from that place 38 years. Total of 40 from the Egyptian exodus on out, you know, the wandering. 40 years total, but 38 years from that place. They went out and they wandered in the wilderness, circling, circling, and circling. Have you ever gone through life, seems like your life just going in circles all the time? That's what happened to them. And Caleb comes up there, having been the one who had faith to believe God, that God's word would come to pass. Now he's caught up in the failure of somebody else. 
The sin is not his sin. The sin is somebody else's sin. The failure is not his failure. The failure is somebody else's failure. The desert that he's walking in and going in a circle in is not supposed to be his desert. That's supposed to be somebody else's desert. It is the other people who have sinned and disobeyed God and doubted God's word. Not Caleb. Caleb was a man of faith. He's the one that said, let's go. But you see, sometimes the failures of other people and the sin of other people and even the judgment that comes upon other people will be inflicted upon you because you're a part of the group. But I want to tell you something about Caleb. He never got a victim mentality. You don't hear Caleb walking around saying that, well, if they had done what was right, I wouldn't be here. You don't ever hear Caleb saying, they ruined my life. Because his hope was not in people. And his hope wasn't even in himself. If you put hope in yourself, you're going to fail. If you put hope in other people at times, other people are going to fail and they're going to sin. And if you put hope in them, then you're going to get discouraged. And you're going to walk through life blaming everybody else and everything else for why you are where you are. And it has nothing to do with it at all. What you've got to learn to do is put your hope in God. You've got to trust God that if God said it, I might not be seeing it right now. But I'm not going to lose my hope. Because if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. And it doesn't matter what they did or how they treated me. Or how, or how things are right now. Or you ruined my life kind of stuff. That's not in this man's spirit. The Bible said he had another spirit. And if anybody had a right to point a finger and blame somebody else for their troubles, Caleb had a right to do that. Because now he's wandering for 38 years in a howling wilderness when he could have been in paradise if, it, you know, if the people would have just believed God. Are you here tonight? But you can't let that victim mentality get a hold of you. It'll take you down. Well, I'm a victim. You with me here? If, you know, I'm waiting for my big break in life. You ever heard somebody talk like that? Boy, I just know my big break's coming. Hello. It's not a big break in life you need. It's a word from God that you need. I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. Well, you're going to be waiting a long time if you haven't put your hope in God. You know, people live like that, man. They're victims, and they're just waiting for their ship to come in and waiting, you know, for, uh, for that big break to come their way. Hallelujah. And by the way, you know, if my childhood would have been different, 
if my family would have been different, if my jobs would have been different, you know, I wouldn't be in the mess I'm in. Hello, you would be too. Because you've got a victim mentality. You can become a millionaire overnight and lose it tomorrow. Because you don't have the kind of life and kind of walk that can manage a million dollars anyway. Most people who hit the lottery, you know, we're not going to do that stuff. But most people who hit the lottery are bankrupt within a year's time. Multi-millionaires, bankrupt. Because they don't have the character. Hello, somebody. So it's not about, you know, your big break coming or your ship coming in. Or, you know what, you know, people are treating you right now. And uh, hallelujah. That's not what it's about. It's about what God said to you. It's about God. Do you have hope in God tonight? Do you believe that the future, look at your neighbor right now and tell them this right now. Tell them your future is better than it is right now. I heard, I heard the old black preacher say this not long ago. He said this. He said, he said I've seen your future and your future is a lot better than it is right now. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the enemy in your flesh wants to take your hope away. Because if it can take your hope away, then it can take your future away. But your future is better than you are right now. And I tell that to everybody in this house. I don't care where you find yourself. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how difficult. I don't care what the wilderness is like. Your future is better than it is right now if you'll put your hope in God. <clears throat> not hope in yourself and not hope in other people. And that, ought, But let me explain that to you. That doesn't mean go through life and look at everybody with this cynical attitude. See, cynicism can get a hold of us. Where we look at people without any hope for them. We, we don't believe that God can enter into their life and change their life. And we get real cynical. Yeah, well, you know, I know they're going to fail me again. And I'm tired of being hurt and I'm tired of being failed. Mistreated. You with me here? Because you know how people are. They're just going to let you down all the time. And so people get this cynical spirit about them. Let me tell you something. If God comes in somebody's life, if he comes in even my life, he can change me for the good. And I do realize, apart from the grace of God, none, none of us are anything. But I have to believe when I preach to you that God is inside of some of you and is going to bring out the best in your life. And I don't want to get down on myself either. But I'm trying to tell you, you're going to have to put your hope in God and you're going to have to be a Caleb man and a Caleb woman. Now, I'm going to give you some hope tonight if you don't have any. The Word of God will give you hope. If I don't say anything else, everything I've already said was worth coming tonight. You cannot live the abundant life without hope. Because you walk around with a loser mentality and a victim mentality, blaming everybody for your situation. 
Oh, that's not God. Watch this. Okay, I want to read something to you out of Hebrews 13. And this is the Amplified Bible. Now, I love the King James Version, and I preach from the King James Version. Bible, hallelujah. What are you laughing about, sister? Do you think I say King James Virgin? <laughs> I didn't say that, and she's over there laughing. I don't know about what. But I preach from the King James Version, but the Amplified is an awesome uh, translation. The Greek and Hebrew language are, are beautiful languages that depict stories. Our English language, it don't say a whole lot. You know, it kind of just gets to the point. You know. But in the Greek and Hebrew language, it's beautiful. One word can tell you a story, a paragraph long. I've stood up here at times and said the Hebrew word means this, and I see it in your eyes. I give you about ten different English words for that one Hebrew word. You're saying, well, how can it mean that if it means this? Because it means all of it. Because the Hebrew and Greek language is a beautiful language that tells a story. Having said that, listen to Hebrews 13, what it says. And this is found in verse 5. Are y'all there? For he, God himself, hath said, I will not in any way fail you. He said, not in any way will he fail you. God has never failed me, and God has never failed you. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now listen to this. He reiterates it. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. You know, our King James Version just gets right to the point. I won't, I won't forsake you. But the, the Greek, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you? Assuredly not. And that verse is linked to Joshua 1.5. God will never fail you. He will never let you down. But you have to hope. You have to have hope because hope is related to the future. If you don't see it now, you've got to have faith for the future. And that's what hope is. And God said he'll never leave you without support. He'll never. I will not. I will not. I will not. That's his promise to you. Praise God. And so here comes Joshua. Joshua in the Bible and Gilgal. He's sitting up there. He's about 90 years old right now. He's already got his inheritance. Now, Caleb, remember the other guy, Caleb? Joshua and Caleb, they believed the Lord way back there 40 years ago, 38 to be exact. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the promised land. And Caleb comes up and he's representing the tribe of Judah. Okay? Joshua and Caleb, they made it in because of their faith. When the other believing, unbelieving generation died off in the wilderness. He's sitting there in Gilgal. And here comes Caleb. Amen. 
You got some elders there? And he shows up there on Joshua's doorstep. You watch this. This is powerful. And he says here, verse 7, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Now, you've got to remember this. This man's 85 years old. And he was 40 years old when he went to spy the land. It's been 45 years and this man has not received the promise yet. But he's not walking through life with a victim mentality or a loser mentality. After 45 years, he still has hope. He did not let his dream die. You can't let your dream die. If God said it, my hope is in God. I don't care how long I got to wait for it. I don't care what circumstances are trying to stop it. If God said it, I'm going to get it sometime. I don't know how. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. And I'm not pointing fingers. And playing the blame game. My hope's in God. And I'm speaking as Caleb. Now watch this. Are y'all getting the point here? He said, I'm 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnita to spy out the land. I brought him word again as it was in my heart. And remember what that word is. Let's go up at once and possess the land. It's a man of faith. Nevertheless... My brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. Are you with me tonight? He lays out the facts. He says, this is what happened. He said, but I'm wholly following after the Lord. I'm not just partly serving God. If you will hold on to your hope and wholly serve the Lord. Not just partly. Not one foot in the world, one foot in the church, one foot in sin, and try to live righteous at the same time. If you'll get in this thing holy, listen to me. If you'll live for God hard, it'll be easy. But if you try to live for God easy, it's going to be hard. But if you'll put everything that you are, your mind, your soul, your spirit, and your body into serving God, if you will wholly put yourself into things of God, you will be like a Caleb. Don't be part of the way. Don't be half of the way. Go all the way with Jesus. And I will say this. You know, I can't tell, I can't be honest with you, I can't tell you tonight that I've, oh, you know, gone 100% for God at any time in my life. But my heart and my desire is to go 100% for God. There's still parts of my life that God still needs to take over in my life, to be honest with you. But my heart is fixed. I want to walk holy, committed to the Lord. I choose to. I will to. But even sometimes my will and my choice isn't strong enough. So God's got to will it through me. 
So you've got to pray like this. God, will it through my will. My will's not strong enough. My choice is not strong enough. My mind's not strong enough. God, will it through me. I want your will to drive me and to motivate me. And that's where this man is. Holy committed to the Lord. And he walks up to Joshua. And watch what happens here. This is powerful. And I know you know this story. But it's a good one. Bible said Moses swore on, this day, on that day saying surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. That's 45 years ago. This man's been holding on to a promise for 45 years and we can't even hold on to a promise for four weeks. If it don't happen tomorrow, we're quitting God. If it don't, if it don't happen in a year's time, we're done. Then you don't have the spirit that Caleb's got. He's been holding on for 45 years. Hope in the character of God. God said it, it's going to happen. Now watch this. He says, Surely land where on thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. The word trodden, you got to get with me here. I don't even know where you are tonight. Come on, Caleb. I need you to get in here tonight. The word trodden doesn't mean that he just walking through the land like this. Mm -hmm. You know, ho-hum, whatever. With his fatalistic attitude, whatever. Whatever will be, will be, you know. No, 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 no. God is alive in him. He's been that way from the beginning. Even when Caleb's running through the wilderness, he's not pointing fingers at and say, well, if you, you know, you ruined my life. You know people like that? You ruined my life. My husband just ruined my life. My wife, she just ruined my life. No, you're the only one that can ruin your life. That boss, if I had a different boss, he just ruined my life. No, he's not. He can't ruin your life. If you're alive, you... If you're alive unto God, he can't ruin your life. And when Caleb's marching in the wilderness those 38 years, he's alive unto God. This is his attitude. God, hey, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. You said it. We got a detour going on here. But you said it. It's going to happen. I'm alive unto you. Praise God. He said he was strong then. He's still strong now. Which means he gave it up to God. And, and he put his hope in God instead of pointing the finger and saying, well, I'm just a victim now. God doesn't want you to live with a victim mentality or a loser mentality. Point your finger and say, well, if this would have been different, I would have been different. If this would have happened, and I, you know, things might be different with me. Come on, somebody. Take responsibility. Do you know the Bible commands you to hope in God? It's a command. It's not something you can, you know, take or leave as you want it. You are commanded by God to hope in God. And if you're not tonight, then you need to repent of that. You need to repent and say, I'm wrong, God. My spirit, my attitude, my mentality has been wrong. 
I repent. Your word is right. I'm wrong. That's it. Watch. 45 years ago, he trodden on that land. He didn't, again, that word doesn't mean he just walking through the land. You know, sort of daydreaming. You know what I'm talking about? Just daydreaming. Well, yeah. No, he's walking in there. He's, he's possessing it. 40 years ago, he trodden down that territory. He went up to that mountain in Hebron. That's mountain territory. That's the southern part of Israel. And that's very difficult terrain. Mountains have to be climbed. Mountains are difficult. Mountains are hard to conquer. But Caleb goes where mountains are located. And not just mountains, but Anakim. Giants are in that land. 45 years before, when he trodden that land, the word trodden is a military term. He wasn't just walking in there passively with passivity in his spirit. That man went in there with a warring spirit. 45 years ago, Caleb walked into that territory there. In Hebron. Mountain territory and giants in the land. And he walked in that very, terri very territory as a one-man army. We are too weak. We are too wimpy. We are too laid back. We are too passive. This man is a soldier in God's army. He's a warrior. He's got a warrior spirit. He wasn't one of those two to three million people who were passive in their faith. He was a warrior. He said, I'm going in. I'm taking this thing right now. God said it belongs to me, and I'm going to possess my possessions. See, here's the problem with most Christians. God made promises to you, but you never possessed your possessions because there's a battle on your hands to possess the possessions that God has promised to you. It don't just come automatically to you. You can't lay down and get passive. You got to fight and say, no, that belongs to me. He walked in there as a one-man army. He didn't walk in there needing three million people to get behind him. He walked in there. He said, I'm going to shake hell up. Give me a little on the monitor or something, brother. I can't hear. He walked in there. He don't need nobody's help. He's got a spirit. And God needs Caleb today in this world. He needs Caleb's. People who have the spirit of Caleb. A one-man wrecking show. A one-man wrecking show for the devil's camp. Not passive. Lado. Laodicean lukewarm Christians. Who are pointing the finger and blaming their situation on everything. Instead of repenting and saying, God, I'm wrong. I put my hope in you. And I'm going to possess my possessions. And I'm going to believe your word. A military man. Now, I know you're all back there nice, safe, and sound. But just because I'm up here don't mean I can't get back there to you. 
I'll go lay hands on you and shake you around a little bit till you get full of the Holy Ghost. Because I came to have church tonight. I didn't... I didn't come here just to go through the motions. There's the enemy out there trying to kill you. There's giants in your land. And you've got to have the spirit of Caleb to take them down. If you don't take them down, they're going to take you down. You've got to have confidence in God. Believe God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, walked, I walked through this territory when I was 40 years old. He said, I remember those days when I walked through there like a military man. He said, and I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of inside information here. He saw the Anakim. He saw the giants in the land. You know, Israelite people are kind of short people. They're probably about my height. You know, 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". And he walked up to some of those giants, maybe some of them nine, ten foot tall. He looked at one of the kneecap, said, I'll be back. I'll be back. You're nothing for my God. You're nothing. I can take you down in a moment. I might be short in physical size, but I've got the faith of a lion. I've got the faith of a lion of the tribe of Judah. And I can't come in here and I can't take it over right now. But when God's timing, I'm gonna, you're going to see me again. And I'm going to whoop all of you. That's the spirit of Caleb. He was no pushover. <coughs> and it wasn't his personality thing. You know what I'm talking about? I got people, they like to talk, you know, estimate me sometimes. And, and they, this is the way they talk. They say, well, we just don't have your personality. And, and I look at them and I say, what do you mean by that? You don't have my personality. I said, I'm just preaching the word of God under the unction and anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said, there's times it goes way beyond me. He takes me way beyond myself. It's not a personality thing. It's a God thing. It's a Holy Ghost power thing. You find somebody fired up full of the Holy Ghost, full of hope and faith, they're going to say, well, that's your personality. No! It's faith in God's Word. If God said it, that settles it. I don't have to believe it or see it. And I know there's some spirits that came in this church tonight, but I got news for you. I'm not going to tolerate them. They're going to go out of this house before this service is over. Look at this man. He's full of life at 85. People in our generation turn 60. Well, if I wasn't so old, then I could really do something for God, you know. But I'm just getting old and feeble now. Old age is not physical. Old age is spiritual. Old, no, 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 no. Some of you are saying, well, but, but Pastor, you push a little bit, aren't you, when you say old age is not physical. I'm going to tell you something. You can be 100 years old. You can be 85 and still have the strength of a 40-year-old. 
This man's 85 years old. He looks at Joshua and says, I'm as strong today as I was then. He don't sit around, you know, pointing fingers at well, well, why he is where he is right now, you know. And he don't talk about how old he is now. Poor me. I'd do something if I was young again. He's 85 years old. And Joshua was about 90. We need some Caleb's in the church who will stabilize the younger ones. What an awesome man. 85 years old. 85. He said, yeah, I walked through here as a military man 45 years ago. And I've never lost my hope. I told him when I left here, I'm coming back. I told him when I left here, all you giants are coming down. I don't know when I'm coming back, but because God said I was going to inherit this land, I'm coming back. I don't know how. I don't know all the circumstances, but I'll be back. Now watch this. And this is all because he's full of hope. And watch. Verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And what also is awesome to me about Caleb's spirit is that he don't get the victim mentality. He don't get the loser mentality. He's still full of hope, just like he was 45 years ago. He still got the same warrior spirit that he had 45 years ago. But not only that, what I love about this man is his spirit. In this sense, he walks up to Joshua. And in case you don't remember the story, Joshua and Caleb both had faith to possess the land. But it was Joshua who got the mantle of Moses. But you don't see Caleb walking up there with a bitter spirit because he didn't get the, the mantle of Moses. He don't walk up there and say, well, this just isn't right, Joshua, you know. You've already got your inheritance. You've already got your allotment. I still don't have mine. You got the mantle of Moses. You got picked and I didn't. I got second place. I got a silver medal. He didn't have that kind of spirit. I'm preaching to people in this house tonight. You've got a spirit about you. That if you can't be number one, you're not going to play the game at all. You don't have the Caleb spirit. That's why you're not further in the kingdom of God than you are right now. You sit around and think, well, well he took my place. They're taking my place. And you're worried about all that. If you'd have been what you were supposed to be. If you'd have done something with the opportunity that you had. There wouldn't be anybody taking your place, honey. And I feel that spirit in this church. But it's not welcome in this house because we need Caleb's in the house.
when Caleb's in the house, see, whether he looks at it or not and says, okay, Joshua, you're number one here, and I'm number two, he still, you know what he does? He still affirms. He affirms Joshua just like he affirmed Moses, the man of God. Caleb looks at Joshua just like he looked at Moses. And Joshua is his contemporary. I ask you tonight, do you got the spirit of Caleb? There's some powerful stuff going on here. That's why Caleb had the power and the ability to do what he did. Because he didn't let bitterness get a hold of him. He didn't let envy get a hold of him. He didn't let jealousy get a hold of him. He affirmed Joshua just like he affirmed Moses. So there goes that spirit out the door. Because I got news for you. We're going to do exactly what God tells us. Whether you like it or you don't like it. It makes no difference to me. And I'm telling you the truth. You got to get a warrior spirit like Caleb had. You got to say, you know what? I might not be number one, but you know what? I'm going to affirm number one. I'm going to get behind number one. And I'm going to see giants come down in my territory. I'm going to bring giants down in my territory. Caleb, if you were supposed to be in Joshua's seat, you would have been in Joshua's seat. But Caleb, you weren't supposed to be. And you came to terms with that long ago. And that's why you're the man that you are today. Give God some praise. If you're worried about your status or your position, you're messed up. Because if it came from God, there ain't nobody can take it from you anyway. You've got to get secure in your call and in your purpose in God. There's no man can take it away from you. You might get deterred for a little bit. But if you keep on holding on to God and keep hoping in God, someday you're going to get where you're supposed to be. But you'll never get there if you get a spirit about you. And you got a pastor here that loves to deal with spirits like that. And I know how to deal with spirits like that. I have no problem dealing with spirits like that. Okay. So, you know, doing this not going to do you any good. <laughs> It's not going to do you a bit of good, man. You might as well just get over it. I said, you might as well just get over it. You might as well just get a hold of God. You might as well say, okay, God, I'm going to get a right spirit here. I'm not going to point fingers, God. I'm going to hope in you. I'm going to trust in you, and I'm going to believe in you, God. Because I hear my flesh talking to me and telling me there is no God. No one David said this in Psalm 42. And I'll go back to, to Caleb in just a minute. 
But no wonder he said in Psalm 42, verse 11. He says, now, we, we, you know, if you go to Bible college, hallelujah, they'll teach you to read the Bible like this. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. But that's not the way that scripture is supposed to be read. When your flesh comes around and tells you that God doesn't exist. When your flesh surges inside of you and tells you that God can't change the situation. You know what you got to do to your soul? You got to be like Caleb. Militarily. This scripture is to be read militarily. Why art thou cast down, O oh my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Help thou in God. It's a command. It's a military order for you to hope in God tonight. And if your soul doesn't want to hope in God, you get your soul by the back of the neck and you tell your soul, you order your soul to hope in God. That's the way it's supposed to be read. That's the way you're supposed to say it. But I'm discouraged tonight. What did you say, son? I'm depressed and I'm down. I just think I'll be quiet tonight. What'd you say, son? I'll order you to hope in God. And I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. Soul, flesh. I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Give God praise in the house tonight. You got to go to war with your flesh. And I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about that voice that talks to you. That tells you there's no God and tells you there's no hope and tells you there's no future. You got to go to war with that. You're not supposed to lay down for that stuff. You're not supposed to get fatalistic. You're not supposed to get a victim mentality. You're supposed to have a conquering spirit, a warring spirit. Yeah, I walked in here 40 years ago, and I possessed you 40 years ago. Now you're mine. Giants, I saw you 40 years ago. I looked you in your kneecap, and now I'm back to bring you down. And I forgive all that two and a half million people that didn't let me come in here earlier. I forgive them. To forgive means you release them. I release them. I let them go. But as for me, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. See, that's why it's important for all the church, all of you out there, to have a revival spirit. You're supposed to be a walking revival. You're not supposed to wait for an evangelist to come and bring revival. You're supposed to be a one-man revival. Or a one-woman revival. You shouldn't have to wait for a pastor to pump you up. You should come in here with fire in your spirit. Faith and confidence in your God. If we would start where we leave, 
we will see powerful things happen in the kingdom of God. Because God opens doors for the earth. But he opens windows in the heavens. Doors are for opportunity. Windows are for blessing. And you go throughout the word of God and you're going to see that. But there's, come on, the blessing is just not automatically. It doesn't just pour out of the window to you. It's not automatic. And the door's not automatic. you got to be like Caleb said, I'm going after it. Watch this. Is this helping anybody? Do you got some hope now? You're supposed to walk through life with despair and whooped and beat up by the devil. God's giving you an abundant life. And if you don't have it, it's not God's fault. If you don't have it, it's not your neighbor's fault. If you don't have it, it's not your husband's fault or your wife's fault. What are you doing? Give God some praise here tonight. See, I'm starting to feel a breakthrough in the spirit. But you got to keep pushing and you got to keep believing and you got to keep trusting until you see it. It's not automatic. Got to fight. Take the giants down. The pastor, that's a big one. Yeah. Perfect opportunity for God. That's a mountain. Don't have to take much from you. Just a, a seed about the size of a mustard seed. To speak to it and tell it to be removed and be cast into the sea. And don't doubt in your heart. And it shall be done. Now, that, now listen, let me show you something. That doesn't mean you just walk up there just any old way with no spiritual power. The only time you can move mountains by faith is when you're anointed by the Holy Ghost. You've prayed, you've heard from God, you've got a word from God about your situation. And because you've got a word from God or a promise from God, you have hope for the future. And you walk to that mountain armed with the word of God and anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And you speak that living word to that mountain and only then will it move. It's not like, well, God said, if I speak to it, it'll go, go, go. And it, it just sits there. It smiles at you. It waves at you. Say, I ain't going anywhere. you got to have the power of God in you. Hello, somebody. you got to have strength in you. you got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. you got to have the spirit of Caleb before you see giants come down. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Holy follow the Lord my God. Because I'm holy following the Lord my God. It's mine. He kept me alive 45 years. And he says, verse 11, As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. 85-year-old man. How many 90-year-olds I got out? 90-year-old people do I got out there? 80? 70? 60? 50? A little bit above 50? This dude is 35 years older than most everybody in this church. 
35 years older. And he's never let a spirit get a hold of him that says, I've already lived up to my potential. If you ever get to a place in your life where there's no more to conquer, and you get to a place in your life where you feel like it's, uh, it's well, I've done everything I'm going to do. They might as well take you, open up the box, throw you in it, and put you in the ground. But I'll tell you why. Because what happens is when you get that kind of spirit, what happens is you send signals to the cells in your body. And those signals you send to the cells in your body begin to accumulate disease within them. Because you're sending the message and I'm through, so you might as well take me home. That's why I tell you, this 85-year-old man was not old. Because old is in the mind. Old is in the spirit. Old is saying, I've, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. This man, Caleb, at 85, still had not seen all of his potential. I have not lived up to all my potential. Nor have anybody in here. You have not lived up to your potential. You know why? Because your potential is found in God. And if your potential is found in God... It cannot be exhausted. That's why your future can only be broader. That's why your future can only be better. Because you have not lived up to your potential. But you've got to have the spirit of Caleb. If you don't, you won't pray. Because you'll say, what's the use? Don't have any hope anyway. What good is it? I've gone to church. What good is it? I, I read my Bible. What good is it? I give my tithes and offerings. What good is it? I, you know, I pray. What good is it? I fast. What good is it? Pretty soon you stop praying. You stop fasting. You stop giving. You stop going to church. You stop all of it. And I'm not pointing a finger at anybody in Israel here today. I'm just preaching by the Holy Ghost today. You know why? Because you lost your hope. Because if you still had hope, that hope would drive you to a place in God. Because you know, you know what? There's something powerful about prayer. If I could just get in the presence of God tonight, I know everything could change in a moment. God's not moved by need, nor is he moved by pain. He's moved by faith. When's God going to stop letting me hurt so much? When you exercise faith in his word, he's given you everything you need. I told somebody the other day on the telephone, I said, they were telling me how that they were requiring of God certain things before they would do something. And I said, well, let me explain to you the God that I have learned. The God that I've learned is this. Is that when there is no way, he tells you to lay it all down. And then having laid it all down by faith, then that's what moves God's hand. And I said, if you'll do that, and if it's God's will, you'll, you'll make a decision before the month's over. Now, hold on. Be quiet just for a moment, please. I said, before the month's over, you'll have your decision. They said, well, I'm kind of feeling like in my spirit, I've been praying it's going to be two or three months. I said, within the month, you'll have your decision. It's been within the month they've already made their decision. <laughs> 
but they first had to commit to God's purpose first because God's looking for a commitment from you before he'll, his hand will ever move. You've got to step in there and say, I'm going to be a Caleb. If you don't, the mountain's still going to be there, unpossessed. The inheritance is not going to be inherited and the giants will still have control of it. You got to take steps. I'm going to pray, man, because I got hope. I'm going to worship because I got hope. I can't afford not to pray because God can turn it around for me tonight. I can't afford not to give because God can turn it around for me tonight. I've got hope in his word. It's not this just sitting around waiting for God to do something for you. You're going to be waiting forever. So Joshua, Caleb walks up to Jesus and says, I want my possession. I said he walks up to Jesus. Yahshua. I want my possession. I want my promise. I'm not bossing you around. I'm not being arrogant here, but you said it. And I'm honoring you by taking you at your word. I'm honoring you by hoping in you. I'm commanded to hope in your word. And I'm, yeah, that's it. Sister, that night you heard the word. You got the word. You said, I'm acting on it. I'm going with it. And you know what? You have never, you haven't been the same since. Because God. But if you don't act on the word, you'll sit in your same situation forever. But I'm not staying here. The enemy's got something that belongs to me. I'm going to get it. I lost my joy, my joy, I'm going to get it. I lost my victory, I'm going to get it. I lost my prayer life, I'm going to get it. I lost my walk, I'm going to get it. I tried the blame game, and get me anywhere. Hope in God. My soul's telling me there is no God. Shut up, soul. Praise the Lord God. Worship Him. You've got to exercise your faith. Now, now, now I, I, I'll be honest with you. I look at you, and some of y'all are looking at me like this. You know, this ain't for me. Uh, well, I've been pastoring you long enough <laughs> to know that this has uh, got your number. It's got your number. And I don't have to sit in my office with you for an hour to find out. It's a reality. And if you'll start listening to the Word and acting on the Word and doing something with what you're hearing, your life can be abundant. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you blessed. Joshua said, I'm as strong this day. Can you say that? I'm as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. I'm as strong today as I've ever been. Can you say that? Or do you have to say I'm getting weaker all the time? Are you getting weaker all the time? Or are you getting stronger all the time? That's not me asking you tonight. That's the Holy Ghost asking you tonight. Are you stronger tonight or are you weaker tonight? Caleb, 85-year-old man. He don't have no cane. His spirit won't let him have a cane. Hallelujah. 
If his body were to go that direction, his spirit say, no, that's not you. Shape up. You're a warrior. Anything that tries to get a hold of you that is not who you really are, you got to say no to that. No, that's not who I am. In the name of Jesus, all of you are Caleb's. If you can get this message. Everybody in this church are Caleb's if you can get this message. Anything less than that is a lie. And if you settle for anything less than this, you settle for a lie. That's why God comes in here and he's always saying, now, I want the real James Woods to stand up. And you are, brother, tonight. Oh, you're not hearing me, are you? I get so sick and tired of this stuff. Yeah, 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 da, 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 da. Come on, man, break out of that stuff. You don't have to stay the same way. You can be a Caleb. And if you start doing something with the word that's preached to you, your life will change. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. It works. This book works. This word works. This Bible came from God. At times, sometimes despair tries to get a hold of me. Depression tries to get a hold of me. All kinds of stuff try to get a hold of me, just like it does you. I'm no better than you are. I'm no better than you are. It tries to get a hold of me. But you know what? You got to fight that. That's why the book of Revelation says, he that overcometh. You got to overcome the attitudes. You got to overcome the thoughts. You got to overcome the brain patterns that you've learned. You got to overcome stuff in your life. You got to be a Caleb. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a Caleb. And your future looks better than your now. You haven't even begun to live up to your potential. Don't let the devil tell you it's over. It's not over. That's a lie from hell. It's not over. You haven't seen it yet. Your best days are ahead of you. This church's best days are ahead of us because it's the exceeding greatness of his power to us word. If you thought he was powerful last week, he's more powerful tonight than he was Sunday night. He's the only one that can exceed his own greatness. Listen to me. He's the only one that can exceed his own greatness. The exceeding greatness of his power. It's always exceeding. Man is not like that. Man with, gets, with age gets slower. Man with age gets wrinkled. Man with age may start doing this. But God gets stronger, not weaker. And that's why Caleb could say, I'm just as strong as I am today as I was then. Because I got a spirit inside of me that's ever increasing, not diminishing. And some of you, instead of living in your past, need to start living in your future. 
And you need to start believing. And you need to start repenting. And you need to start believing that your potential, you haven't even begun to see it yet. I'm talking to everybody here tonight. That's why. That's why you see over time, you see people growing. I look at Billy Lloyd tonight, a year from now, if Jesus hasn't come. If that's pre-trib, you know. If Jesus hadn't come a year from now, he's gonna be, he should be stronger a year from now. He is tonight. You know why? Because Jesus should be standing up in him. Jesus was standing up in Caleb. That's why he's just as strong. Now watch this. I'm almost through. Y'all getting tired? I am this day four score five years old. Hallelujah. There ain't no old people here tonight. I know some of y'all look at me. I'm 40. What, 42? So I don't even know how old I am. Some of y'all think I'm old. How old am I, Christina? 40, 42. Some of you young people say, you're an old man. Are you kidding me? In my spirit, I don't feel a day over 20 years old, man. Some of y'all are 23 years old. Look older than I am. Look older than I do. What's wrong with that? Man, you need to understand that old, come on, you're not old. If your spirit's right, if, the, if you're right with God, you're not old. You ever see somebody, God's not in their life, 25 years old, looking like an old person? Because they don't have life. They don't have strength. They don't have hope. And it kills them. Watch. I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war. For war. I came to fight, Caleb said. Hey, you're looking at Joshua, man. Joshua, 90 years old. See this old man standing in front of him says, I'm just as strong today as I was then. He said, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight, man. I'm ready for some giants. I haven't even begun to live up to my potential yet. Listen, he's got hope. He's hope, full of hope, man. And because he's got hope, he's full of life. He's full of God. His, his vision is full of clarity. His vision isn't blurred. He's got clarity of vision. He's got power in the spirit. Your vision shouldn't be getting dimmer. It should be getting clearer. He knows exactly what his mission is. He goes on and says this. Yeah. I'm ready for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. The giants. Giants. This 85-year-old man is going to take on giants. And these giants, in case you don't know it, are not just physically tall like Roger. 
you know, this is Roger, everybody. Hallelujah. We, and we're glad you're here, too. Hallelujah. I saw that guy. I told my wife, I said, that guy's a giant. I said, we got some big dudes around here. But that guy, man, he makes all of them look like dwarfs. <laughs> but those Anakin, they weren't just tall physically. Those Anakin, they had muscles like you wouldn't believe, man. They were massive, man. Warriors. Demon-possessed warriors. They were Nephilims. And Nephilim. Oh, yeah. You're not going to go with me there, are you? You're going to give me about five minutes. I'll explain to you the Nephilim. When the sons of men and the, the, the sons of God, the daughters of men came together and had offspring. And that has commonly been interpreted to mean the sons of God, the human sons of God, and the human daughters of men came together. But I've studied that. It's the B'nai Ha'elohim. And that term B'nai Ha'elohim is only used for angels. Sons of God. The sons of God came among the daughters of men. Angels came among the daughters of men and cohabitated. And from them came forth offspring. And there were giants in the land renowned. They were called the Nephilim. And these are some of the offspring of the Angel, demon powers and human powers come together. They were the offspring. They were demon possessed. But they did not intimidate a man of God. They didn't intimidate Caleb. He knew who they were and he knew where they came from. Got the same spirit that David. David was from Judah. He's from Judah. Got the same spirit, David. David faced Goliath. Goliath was an offspring of the Nephilim. Caleb wasn't afraid of him. See, you have to get to a place in your life where you're not willing to live with your giants. They're in your mountains. They're in your life. They're in your house. They're in your land. But you've got to get to a place where you're not willing to have them cohabitate with you. You've got to get like Caleb said. Get out of here. Get out of this mountain. You demon-possessed giant. Get out of here. I'm not intimidated by you. You can't back me down. Either you will be content to live with your giants or you will drive them out of your land by the power of the Holy Ghost. And in the name of Yeshua, you'll do it. That's why he's going to Yeshua, Joshua. Joshua said, go get it. In the name of Jesus, you have the same power that Caleb did. The spirit and the anointing is even greater in you than Caleb had to defeat the Nephilim in your land. But most people, they just get to a place and say, the giant's just too big. Demon powers, man, they're coming against me. And I can't bring them down. No, 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 no. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Hope in God. Hope in God. Repent of that thinking. Say no to it. Hope in God. See, I'm preaching by the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, there are demon powers that were in these giants that are coming against the church today. And this is not the kingdom of God. Will you surrender? This isn't God.
No. You look at that mountain and that giant, say, you're coming down, devil, in the name of Jesus. And it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's a third dimension operation of God that's taking place. You don't go in your own power, your own strength, but you go in the anointing of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus and watch it move. That person I told, I said, you're going to have a decision within a month. The person I told that to, they called me up and they said, we got to tell you something. We don't have to tell you this because you already know this, but we're still going to tell you anyway because we're really excited because God is doing this for us. They said $1,400 came from here. Didn't even know it was there. It came from there. Another door's opening up over here. She's, she's so excited. I just got excited right along with her. But when I was first talking to him, I said, there's going to come a time in your life when you can't stay where you are. You can't stay where you are. It will be impossible for you to stay where you are. And when you get to that place, you're going to have to go where God wants you. It didn't even take, didn't even take no time. It didn't take a, a, a week. God had already done it. How many of you got the spirit of Caleb tonight? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. But I don't know how it's going to... It's not for you to try to figure out how. It's for you to hope in God. And if you don't have enough willpower, ask God to will it through you. Now, some of y'all aren't used to these long preaching messages. I, but this is short. I normally preach three hours. So you might as well get used to it. I'm not a sermonette preacher. Because sermonettes are for demonettes. And if all you do is preach sermonettes, demons come and sit in your pews. I'm not interested in having no devils in my house or in God's house. I want God's holy people to stand up and be warriors like Caleb and take the land. There's some Caleb's here tonight. You just didn't know it. You didn't know it. We're going in there and getting, we're going in there to get Caleb out of you. We'll say, hey, come on out of here, Caleb. Stand up here, you old man. He said, you call me what, an old man? He said, I'll be whipping giants when you're hiding. You, you look all big and tough. And I know you think I'm an old man, but I'll be whooping giants. You'll be hiding in the closet while I'm doing it. That's the spirit of Caleb, man. There ain't nothing, nothing passive about him. Got it, right, brother? Amen. Yeah, that's it. I feel good, man. God's awesome. Watch this. Watch this. Now. Therefore, give me this mountain. Why don't you go out there and get the flatlands? Why do you have to check, take a big on a big mountain? K 
Caleb, you're 85. Let's have a talk. Let's have a conference. Meet me in my office. You're 85 years old. You want mountains and giants? You should be taking hills and babies. I want a mountain. And I want the giants in the mountain. Sister Cardozo, I was thinking about you earlier today and as I was getting ready for this message, you know. And I'm thinking about you, you know, working in that school cafeteria, you know, going at it, hallelujah. I'm thinking about you, man. She said, I don't want to do something with my life. I'm just not going to be around the house, you know. I'm getting out there and I'm going to do something with my life. Sounds like Caleb to me. I'm going to take this thing on. I'm going to do something. I haven't lived up to my potential. I'm going to do something with my life. I'm going out there in the world. I'm going to face the world. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. Glory to God. I'm not surrendering it to nothing. No devil. No intimidation. Praise the Lord. Do you remember when God told us to go up at once and possess the land over here in the front? This property in the front of us and that property over there? He told us to go up at once and possess the land. And we did it. And God's bringing his word to pass. In fact, now listen to me. I had the banker try to talk me out of getting that land over there. He said, why don't you just buy that property in front for building purposes? Why do you want to buy that over there? Because we feel it's the will of the Lord. And we got both pieces of property, what it would have cost normally for one. And now we're, we got a contract on that property over there. And we're going to be able to give $10,000 to the missionary when he comes in a few weeks. And then when we sell that land, we're going to give him 15 more thousand to build there, building over there in Taiwan when we sell that land after the first of the year, just as planned. Because God fulfills his promise, but you got to step out in faith. And sometimes there's a lot of giants, a lot of obstacles standing there trying to hold it back and trying to stop it from heaven. But you can't stop God. No devil in hell can stop God. He's on the throne. And I'm so looking forward to handing that $10,000 check to Brother Edmonds. And I know you are too. Are you with me tonight? And when God started talking to us about that, do you know that's about as far as we could go? Is it 10? That's pretty much it. And we have all kinds of payments due every month. I got good news for you. Since we said we're going to do that, God has well and more than well taken care of this building. You're able to make your payments and still give that to the missionary. You know why? Because we got to learn to walk by faith. We got to learn. That's what moves the hand of God is faith. When you lay it all on the line. And stop begging God to do something for you. You beg God for something that you can do for him. Oh, 
I want that mountain. Because God promised it. Because God promised it. What can I do, God, for you? I'm going to stop begging you to always do something for me. What do you want me to do? What a privilege it is to do something for you, God. And I told those people, as soon as you get this right, you say, you're requiring of God. You lay it all on the line. And then God's hand will move. And when they did that, God's hand began to move. It says, God, what do you want me to do? Now, I'm getting close to finishing up, but I remember two accounts. One missionary service. There was a missionary, uh, an appeal for mission field. They asked people to come if they wanted to go into the mission field. And before they asked them to come and dedicate their life to the missions, they stood up there and they said this. When you get on the mission field, you'll have a place to live. You'll have plenty of food to eat. And you'll have plenty of clothes to wear. And all your needs will be met. And they opened the front of the church up for people to come and dedicate their lives to missions. And only a few people came. Another mission service. The man up there, he asked for people to dedicate their lives to the mission field. And he said, this is what I can promise you. He said, if you come and dedicate your life to the Lord, he said, I can promise you a jail cell. I can promise you persecution and possible death if you go to that field. They opened the altars and it filled up with people because people are looking for something they can do for God because they found out it doesn't satisfy to just to be blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. They know that what brings satisfaction is sacrifice and laying it down and serving God and blessing God. And so the altars were full of people who would go to the mission field under those circumstances when only a few came with everything they needed. What an awesome God we serve. To be able to serve Him. To be able to give our life to Him. To be able to live for Him. There's nothing like it. God's, listen, Caleb wanted this because God was in the picture. That's what it was about. Those giants had to come down. He's 85 years old, man. He could go hide in a corner somewhere and die happy. Why take the challenge at 85 years old to kick giants out of the territory and possess a mountain? Because God said it belonged to him and it was unfulfilled potential. And he refused to die without giving himself to God. Even if it meant his death at the hands of Anakim. Give us Caleb's God. Not people who sit in church wondering if they want to live for God or not. Not people who sit in church half-baked and half-caught. People who have made up their mind. I'm going to live for Jesus. No devil's going to stop me. No person's going to stop me. No heartache's going to stop me. I'm going to live for Jesus. I've got a hope. I've got a hope.
Tonight, if you sit on your pew wondering if you even want to go to church anymore and you want to live for the Lord, you might as well, you better just might as well repent. I'm not going to ask you to quit. I'm just asking you to repent. You need to get the spirit of Caleb a fight in you, a warring spirit in you. We need some soldiers in the army of the Lord that are not afraid to go out in the battlefield and suffer and be persecuted and die possibly for Christ. We need them. God's looking for them. Do you want to be one? If you do, you can be. I said you can be. I said you can be. The devil can't handle radical person. He don't know what to do with Caleb. Because he can't do anything with Caleb. Because Caleb's going to walk in there. One little old man full of the power of God. With hope, full of faith and hope. One little old man walking up there and giants in the land. And a big old mountain. He's going to go up there and knock everyone out. There's one word I got for him. That comes to me right now. He's a stud. <laughs> that, that, that dude's a stud. He's a stud. No, he's full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, the Holy, I hear the theologian out there. But the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out then, Pastor. Shut up. <laughs> he was walking in something, man. Watch. Give me this mountain where the Lord spake in that day. You see that? It's connected to the Lord because God said it. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. I'm informed about the battle. I'm not ignorant. And that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me. If he's with me, then I will be able to drive them out as the Lord said. He don't say we are you. He says I if God's with me, that's all I need. I don't need a battalion of soldiers. I don't need younger men to help me. Me and God, that's all it takes. I'm a one-man army in the kingdom of God. I'm full of faith, full of hope. I've been hoping for 45 years. I possess my promises today. I'm as strong today as I was then. And I want the mountain and the giants. Every one of them. I'm going to kick every one of them out of them. That's powerful, man. I know this is a Sunday school story. But, but uh, it's a true story. These giants are real giants. They're, they're real demon-possessed Nephilim. We read these stories. Daniel in the lion's den. You know, Daniel in the den of lions. And we read this story. And we go, Oh, that's a nice little Sunday school. Friend, who among us has the spirit of Caleb? They face insurmountable odds and giants in their life, but refuse to live with them. Refuse to live with them. Refuse to give passive. I'm trying to encourage you, not trying to beat you up tonight. I'm not trying to whoop you. I'm trying to encourage you because God wants you to be this man. You got more than, he's, than he had. You got more truth than he had. You got the blood of Jesus. He didn't have that. 
You know more than he knew. He was in Shadowland. He was in the Shadowland. He was in Shadow Days. You're in the reality of the thing. And Joshua blessed him. Jesus blessed him. Amen. And gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance, fellowship, mountain territory. Gave this man, and I don't even know how he's even associated with Judah. He's an Edomite descent. He's a Kenizzite. But yet that shows you what God will do for a man of faith. And God didn't do it because he's an old man. God did it because he's a man of faith and hope. That's why he keeps repeating this. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day. Because he, what? Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Holy. Totally. Not when it was convenient. I'm closing. He holy, not partly. We got that spirit in America, partly. Oh, Lord, I really don't want to talk like that, God. I really don't want to say that. I think I will. I'm going to tell you something. We got time for everything but God in his house. Repent! You need to get right with God. You got time for everything but God in this house. You need to repent. Jesus went all the way for you. And you're so lazy. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Be a Caleb. Be a warrior. Come on, don't let nothing slow you down. Physical, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm going on. I'm holy, still holy, serving the Lord. Come on. Amen. Give God some praise. And I'm not mad at you. I'm, I'm just this Laodicea age we have. And the name of Hebron before was Kirjath Arba, which Arba was the great man among the Anakims. Ooh, did you catch that? <laughs> he used to be a mighty giant among the Anakims but when Caleb took possession of it he glorified the name of Joshua the name of Jesus here's what I want to tell you is if you don't hope in God if you don't repent and walk the way Caleb did you give glory to the devil and his name and his power stay in place and in position. It's only when you take a stand in the name of Jesus and you walk in hope and faith and power and, and trust that the enemy's dethroned and Jesus gets glory. And you're either giving the devil glory tonight by your lifestyle or you are glorifying the king of kings. You can't be doing both. You better drive out the devil out of your house and out of your mountain and out of your life in the name of Jesus.
Because I'm telling you something tonight. God is doing something awesome right now. We got a missionary coming in September. We got a powerful evangelist coming in October. We got some powerful things happening right now. We got people that's going to come and help us in the ministry coming in this house. God's on the move. I'm glad to be a part of it. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than right here in this time when I see what God is doing right now. But it's not automatic. It don't just come to us, to none of us. Got to overcome. Got to have the spirit of Caleb. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, why y'all all mad at me now? Hallelujah. Well, I love you. You can't take my love. I love you, brother. You can't take my love. You're not going to make me stop loving you. I love you. You can be mad at me tonight if you want to. But if it can bring you to a place where you say this. I'm not going to keep living the way I'm living. I don't have to live the way I'm living. I have clarity of vision. And I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. So watch out world. In the name of Jesus. We're going to take it for Jesus. Hallelujah. But before you take the world for Jesus, you got to take your home for Jesus. Before you take your city, you got to take your home. Praise the Lord. God's a powerful God. I say he's a powerful God. How many of you know he's powerful? He's an awesome God tonight. I feel led in the Holy Ghost, and this is separate and apart from the message. So you can turn the tape off. 